You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. This week, Heather and I are talking about our relationships before and after COVID. This week, we read which relationships survived the pandemic and which didn't, published in Psychology Today 2021. Heather, this week, our article, the first point was taking stock in our relationships. And we, you and I were talking about both our personal relationships and how this has affected our professional relationships too. Right. It's really a time of reevaluating mm-hmm. what the important things are in those relationships and realizing that some things couldn't stay the way they were. Mm-hmm. With limitations of COVID and things like that, you had to make decisions on what you had space for. Oh, I don't feel like I personally had an example of this, but people certainly have across the world, or maybe they've actually, the woman that cuts my hair was telling me this, that she had to make a decision about going to see her dad who wasn't right. in good health. And mm-hmm. she went, okay, which thing, what am I willing to sacrifice in order to be safe and be ready to go see my dad who's not in good health? And she said, so she decided that absolutely was important to her and she didn't see anybody. Right. She completely, absolutely isolated herself until she could go see him. Mm-hmm. And she said that meant, I'm mean, especially someone who cuts hair. Right. That meant she totally quit working. Mm-hmm. And that she like ordered groceries and had them delivered. She really, to an extreme, made decisions so that she could make sure right. that important relationship was protected. So, right. can you think of any time, any things where you've either decided this is so important, I'm going to make decisions that protect this, or you decided not that it, maybe a relationship was unimportant, but it just wasn't as important. It didn't have the. I think that came to a point, especially during COVID, when. So I have three kids, and that Mm -hmm. meant that if I allowed one kid to have a friend visit, I had to be willing to allow another child to have a friend visit, or it was unfair. Mm -hmm. And we're at the stage in our life where things need to be somewhat fair in my house. So it was making a choice with which people to engage with, and often it was, well, they have at least two kids, these kids' age. I could limit things based on what I needed to limit it on, but also finding people that shared our values. You didn't want to just pick anybody. Sure. You wanted to really make sure you picked core friends that were. Yeah. I think that to me, that example bleeds into how I made decisions about my practice that um, cutest. I mean, I love all my clients, but some of the cutest ones were telling me basically virtually that outside of sessions, they weren't social distancing at all. Right. <laughs> In the cutest ways, right. they were telling me this. And I thought. I feel like I need professionally, I need to make a decision that's safe for me and also safe for a whole lot of other people. And while I feel like I'm doing what can keep people safe, are all of my clients when they're not with me making those same decisions. So you have to like compare your values and somebody Mm -hmm. else's values, which is very tricky. But that was one of the reasons that I stayed virtual as long as I did, because I knew so many of my clients were in some way compromised in health or they had a family member that was. And I also knew that I had a mix of clients 
who were not compromised in their health and who weren't really social distancing. Mm -hmm. And if I brought some clients back, I exposed them basically to all of my clients. Right. Right. And when those circles start to overlap, whether it's in my uh, practice, there's four of us. And Mm -hmm. so it was like, well, we can't, even when we started going back in the office, we didn't all go back on the same day. Yeah. So what I'm describing is that I realized it wasn't my circle. It wasn't one other person's circle. It was the circles of all of these people. And then you're saying multiply that by four. Right. We had to make decisions on when and how and Mm -hmm. making sure we had even like cleaning procedures that we never had to worry about before. Yeah. Going back to thinking about personal, I think for me that taking stock, I looking back, I I don't know that I intentionally made this decision. I think I probably absolutely didn't make it an, an intentional decision. But I look back and notice that all of the relationships that I prioritized before COVID, I still prioritize those. And all of the relationships that didn't get prioritized, mm-hmm. they're still there. I still maintain them, but they're not people who I make a big point of seeing or talking to on a really regular basis. I still talk to them and see them just as often. Right. I think that's the same. Yeah. I didn't, I'm not seeing them, but Mm -hmm. during whenever, when we really were social distancing, I talked to them as often as I did before, before COVID. Mm -hmm. But the difference I notice is that because of social distancing and because of COVID, the times that I have spent with those people that I make a big point of spending time with has been of a different quality not quantity, right. still about the same, but the quality has been different. And I think for me, that's because I'm introverted and there's not been a big group of people. So if I'm seeing somebody, I'm seeing just one person mm-hmm. probably. And the thing that we're doing allows for a bigger, deeper connection. Right. Deeper conversations, uh, mm-hmm. a chance for both of you to express feelings both ways. Mm-hmm. There definitely was growth in some of my personal relationships that I had always prioritized maybe ahead Mm -hmm. of others. But some of those relationships, even though they may not have known me as long in life, it's just who they are in my life right now, got a lot deeper. Mm -hmm. And some of the relationships of friends that live far away that I may have talked to every month or two still stayed that way. Yeah. But it was the same conversation that we'd had always. Mm -hmm. It didn't grow any or change any. Mm -hmm. Well, Heather, our next point is that before and after COVID, some pruning of relationships has happened. And in the article, it talked about that a lot of that relationship pruning happens around the age of 30. And you and I talked about what we thought about that. What do you think about relationship pruning? Well, I think it happens, but I don't necessarily agree with in your 30s. Maybe some things happen in your 30s that lead to that. But I think it's more about what happens in life. You have a baby or you get Mm -hmm. married or Mm -hmm. you move because of a job to a different area away from your family. All those kind of things shift and change the relationships you're living every day. Mm -hmm. I think even for me personally, some of those shifts, I agree with everything that you just described. I even think a shift in my routine can make that happen. Oh, sure. That, you know, I've had workout buddies Mm -hmm. that I don't see anymore because now I work a job where I get to work a little bit earlier. And so I don't go to the gym in the morning Mm -hmm. or vice versa. Or I work a little later in the afternoon because I see clients after school. Right. And so I'm not doing the same things after work. Right. So even though that's a small, I didn't move anywhere, I still have the same type of job, but it was a big enough change that it changes who I'm spending my time with or spending my time around. Right. I realized during COVID, my practice grew a little bit, or maybe I had more time seeing clients virtually. I did have more time to see more Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Well, because of that, I was home with my kiddos more, which was wonderful and great, but other things got cut out that would be those things I saw that were social things. Mm -hmm. People that I would go on a walk with or go on a run with, people that I would do like 
recreation things with just didn't fit into whatever life was mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Do you, have you seen this happen in your work relationships? I think so, definitely. I think that almost feel like a push, not that I wasn't fairly independent before, but I had to start making decisions for my practice that no one else, I mean, I just like I had to make decisions and I couldn't really rely on the influence of other people. I just had to go with what felt right for mm-hmm. my situation. Mm-hmm. Being that there's four of us in my practice, we all tend to like bounce ideas off each other and had some office standards, but some people came back before others and it just was what we needed to do for mm-hmm. each of our situations. Mm-hmm. I think, I feel like this has happened many times, almost every time I've reinvented myself as a counselor, this has happened a little right, bit. Right. I have actually I talked to her today, a friend that I've told her as I move from job to job, I keep in touch and hang on to the good ones. Right. And she and I have known each other, right. (laughs) She and I have known each other through two different jobs now. And both of us are often doing different things than we were when we met, but Mm -hmm. we keep in touch. But I do think, I can think maybe I had friends that were important and I really connected to and related to when I was in my master's program. Yes. Because we were doing the same thing. We were learning the same thing. Mm -hmm. We were working on the same thing. Some of them continued on and some of them went in a different direction or Actually, quite a few of them were counselors for a handful of years and then stopped counseling. Okay. And then we didn't right, then right. we didn't move on mm-hmm. in the same direction. And I can remember going back to school and feeling the same way that there were quite a few counselors that I knew professionally before going back that I didn't stay in touch with in the same mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. They weren't doing the same things. They didn't, I mean, their level of counseling or what they were doing just wasn't the they weren't doing research. Why would a counselor do research unless mm-hmm. they someone made them? Yuck. Right. <laughs> yeah, why? Why, Sarah? <laughs> so or moving from agency work to a private practice yep. that you might mm-hmm. keep in touch for some things, but also it becomes a little bit not relatable. Well, and I think it's funny how you said earlier you keep the good ones. So I have a friend that worked at an agency I worked at. And her and I, every once in a while still are like, hey, let me run this by you. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And we don't live anywhere close to each other anymore. We're not anywhere affiliated with the same agency anymore. But it's very interesting that instantly we can have that connection, even though we may not talk for six months at a time. Mm -hmm. And then we always play catch up. Oh, what what are your kids doing? What is this happening? But Mm -hmm. when it comes to just work-based relationships, there are those that you will value and they are critical sometimes in decision-making or, Mm -hmm. and then there are those that are like, oh yeah, I know that person from a long time ago, but they're not as important. Well, I'm thinking, as you're describing that, I was thinking in agencies where I worked, I was always part of a multidisciplinary team and not that that's not important in private practice, but you don't get the advantage of that as often. Mm -hmm. So there are some roles in, within those multidisciplinary teams that I was part of that I just don't interact with anymore. Right. Um, In private practice, I very, very, very rarely have the need to consult with or relate to or connect to a nurse. Right. It's not the norm. Right. Right. One of the psychiatrists I've worked with before, sure. Mm -hmm. Or a therapist that has done the same kind of work I've done. But I just don't very often have the need to consult with Mm -hmm. a nurse. So my nurse friends that I've known from other jobs, we might still keep in touch, but not for the purpose of right. work. Well, I even see with some of my supervisees at the beginning, maybe they're consulting so much with a supervisor and they're meeting so many people and wanting to follow the right path and do these right things and make connections. And then maybe you see them five years later mm-hmm. and it's completely not as necessary. Yeah. 
I'm glad you brought that up in our supervision podcast. <laughs> but that's so true that I can think of maybe the last couple of people whose paperwork I've signed off on did. I emphasize that when I say, we're done, we signed right. paperwork. And I tell them, call me, ask me questions. Mm-hmm. I'm here. It doesn't mean we're not connected anymore. Right. And they, I do, they will for a while. And then it kind of is farther and farther apart mm-hmm. and less often. And maybe we run into each other in some other way, but right. um, not oh my gosh, should I make this abuse report or not? You know, not those kinds of questions or consultation. Heather, the final point in the article we read this week is that we all value relationships for different things and in different ways. And in the article, it talked about that younger people, or the idea that they proposed at least, was that younger people deal with their values and relationships in a different way and can and are more likely to be involved in conflict in relationships mm-hmm. and that someone who's older is less interested in having conflict and more interested in finding common ground. And I don't know if you and I connect to the older, <laughs> younger part, but I definitely think that as counselors, we have so many values, morals, ethics floating Mm -hmm. around that it certainly impacts our relationships. So how do you think our values have impacted relationships before and after COVID? I think the things that you valued were even more blaringly obvious because Mm -hmm. those were the things that you were able to give time to. Those are the things that you kept, you followed. Mm -hmm. The things that you didn't have time. I mean, I'll be honest for you. I've even told a friend that's looking for trouble. I don't have time for nonsense. I don't have time Mm -hmm. for you to be mad at this other friend because of this thing, because I just don't like, Mm -hmm. I am don't, I can't do it. I mean, Heather, I don't think I'm calling you old, but But. (laughs) I think that that's what the article meant. (laughs) I think they might have. I mean, I just feel like I got to a point where I just, and I would almost say even a professional point. Like I've done counseling long enough Mm -hmm. now that seems made up drama and I tend to go and, and I will tell you, I probably did a little bit of this before COVID, but like, eh, nope, sorry, move it on. Well, then let's call you a oldie, but goodie counselor. (laughs) 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 Uh, I do see this happening even with the oldie, but goodie counselors that I know where they do get involved in an argument or disagreement of values or standards Mm -hmm. or ethics in counseling, mm-hmm. I can, like most of the organizational, the professional organizations that mm-hmm. I've been involved in have some amount of this, where somebody thinks the credential should be this for oh, this yes. reason, uh-huh. or this, or even within our board right now, mm-hmm. a lot of discussion about titles and what associates or interns should be allowed to do or not do. Right. I think that's can be very divisive. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about even within the world of play therapy or the world of eating disorders, how those modalities are used can even has even become mm-hmm. sometimes an issue of, well, who's on what side? Right. I don't like, I think I have my opinion. I think I feel good keeping it to myself. Maybe that's, let's say it's not an oldie, but goodie issue. <laughs> it's, I feel like it's a matter of confidence. I think that, I, that's true. Like I don't need right. to defend my point of view or my perspective right. on it. I feel like I've, pretty confident in what it is. And that's one of those, I think you can look at and go often as counselors, we're always asked our opinion, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, what do you think of that? Or, Oh, what do you think of this topic said fire starter topic usually. Mm -hmm. So I think it is one of those, when you're confident in what you believe and what you feel, it's easy to just know, to stand in that and be Mm -hmm. comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. It's not so if. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about COVID and I'm thinking about how this has played out in relationship to COVID And one idea comes to mind, Mm -hmm. Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. And I think COVID itself has been divisive. Mm -hmm. 
not even just, I think that's right. a statement we could say, COVID has been divisive right. around values. But the way that I see that playing out on Facebook groups, which I think is another example, because I know quite a few Facebook groups, both of mm-hmm. you and I are on. And I think the way that you and I engage in them is that we do a lot of noticing right. and reading, but <laughs> not a whole lot of engaging mm-hmm. in things or discussions that could be argumentative, that going, staying virtual, going into the office, right. huge topic of discussion. Mm-hmm. And I've seen in plenty of Facebook groups for counselors, a lot of disagreement, right. a lot of hurt feelings. Exactly. I was lot. like, people got their feelings, like feathers ruffled. Yes. People got very upset about mm-hmm. different decisions. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, my perspective is it's a personal decision that each one of us needs to make right. based on our personal situations. Right. Yeah. So I think our values have been have played out in mm-hmm. that related to COVID. But do you think that happens with counselors with or without COVID? Maybe. I think it can. I mm-hmm. think COVID was just another way. Mm-hmm. That makes any sense. Do you think it highlighted right. the val- values that were mm-hmm. involved and mm-hmm. our decision-making? Yeah. I think so. I think I really, in all the years I've been involved in professional organizations, I've seen it happen over and over again over mm-hmm. topics that I felt like are not that. Right. Like, wow, this is heated for really no reason. Mm -hmm. Or this is heated and you're both right. (laughs) Um, It makes me, oh, can you remember? I can't remember how long ago this was, but as master's level counseling programs are moving towards accreditation, Mm -hmm. we've seen some programs no longer exist. Oh, right. Yeah, they got cut. Mm -hmm. They don't make the cut. (laughs) And I don't know that you're on the CESNET. Mm -mm. CESNET. I'm not. Yeah. You probably don't want to be. Yeah. (laughs) it's what we're talking about. It's a lot of values and a lot of people taking a stand about their values, at least some of the time. But I can remember one program closed, Mm -hmm. it just closed. And all of the counselor, all of the students that were midstream in their program no longer had a program. And they were trying to figure out, what do I do now? I've put money and time into this. Where can, where else can I go? And the program that no longer existed was not accredited. Mm -hmm. And so there were a lot of students floating around asking for help, trying to figure out what to do. And a lot of responses were, you're out of luck. Right. You're starting over if you want to become a counselor. And the the reason that people were saying that was that their value was, or their, what they valued was accredited programs and people, and not students Mm -hmm. or people who came from unaccredited programs. I mean, man, those are fighting words Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Right. It really, it's, it's. I mean, there's no way that issue couldn't be divisive. Right. Well, you think of somebody that's put their time, their mm-hmm. money, other things had to stop maybe if they were with kids or family or anything else, or even just their own personal growth. Like mm-hmm. you just took them back a lot of yeah. time and space and energy. Well, and I I use that example because I don't know that you, I mean, if you're looking at it from an ethical right. you know, standpoint, there's no right or wrong. It's an ethical question. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. by de- by definition, there's no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But certainly it forms or breaks down relationships right. when we look at our values in that way. So Heather, today we talked about how our relationships have been affected before and after COVID and looked at a couple of different aspects related to that. We would love to hear from our audience how their relationships have been affected by COVID. Thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes.
We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision. 